Hey, welcome to Life According to God, where we have conversations revolving around the many colorful characters in the Bible and how God's influence shaped their lives, their families, and their societies. My prayer is that as you listen, you will glean one or two powerful ideas that will transform your own life too. This is Olaomi Brigway, your host. Welcome back to the Stephen series and this is episode two where we're looking at the life of the first man that was recorded in scripture to have been a martyr in the New Testament. In this episode I'm going to be focusing on Acts chapter 6 verses 8 to 15. Right, so let's get into it. Now, if you listen to the first episode, we introduced Stephen. The Bible calls Stephen a man who was full of the spirit and of wisdom. And we looked at some of the lessons that we can actually extract from his life in our lives today. If you remember the beginning of Acts chapter 6, the Bible says that, but there were rumblings, so there were some growing pains. And I talked about that in the first episode. The church was growing, the church was expanding, people were being added daily to the church, new converts. And the Bible says, but there were some growing pains because the disciples had not experienced this before. And as a result of that, they had some things to learn, they had to go to God and get wisdom and i specifically mentioned in that first episode that growing pains are not as a result of god wanting to punish you nor are they as a result of satan wanting to even attack you it's just what it is you are growing you are entering into new seasons new territories that are unfamiliar to you so you need a new level of wisdom that is very easily available and accessible with god right but this is a different matter as we begin to get into today's episode the bible says in acts chapter 6 verse 8 that stephen a man full of god's grace and power performed amazing miracles and signs among the people but one day some men from the synagogue began to debate with him there were jews from syrian alexandria Cilicia, and the province of asia now it says in verse 10 None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. Now, this is different from growing pains. As I explained in the first episode, it's important that you can tell the difference between the two. Growing pains are as a result of you having to stretch to fill this new season or responsibility or stage of life that you have entered into. Growing pains is as a result of a lack of wisdom that you require for that next season. But what's happening to Stephen here is literally his light is shining. Some people that are in darkness can see his light shining instead of asking and saying, ah, please, oh, brother Stephen. All this power and spirit you are demonstrating and the wisdom. Please, can you come and teach us? 
they decided to lend themselves over to Satan, who begins probably to speak in their ears and say, what's wrong with him? And literally envy and jealousy and strife is stirred up in their hearts. And what did they do? It says in verse 11, they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen saying, we heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. This is a deliberate and intentional attack of Satan because you are fulfilling God's purpose for your life. It is not because you've done anything wrong. It's not necessarily because you have some growth that you need to go through. It's not because you lack wisdom. You're doing everything you're supposed to be doing. You're going forward for that job. You're being responsible and being diligent and producing results. But Satan just decides, no, this one, we're going to shut you up. And he begins to stir people up against you. How? By injecting evil thoughts into their minds concerning you. Do you see what I mean? So you have to be prepared for that. You have to understand that just because something is happening in your environment does not mean you've done something wrong. Because if you're not careful, you could start thinking, oh, what have I done wrong? Stephen, try and imagine Stephen saying, oh, should I not have preached the gospel? Oh, maybe I shouldn't have used too much wisdom words. Oh, maybe I shouldn't have healed that lame man. Oh, maybe if you, if you re basically go into the point where you begin to question yourself as a result of satanic attacks from people, then you do more damage. You literally achieve what Satan wanted in the first place, which is to get you to recline, to shrink back, to say, okay, I'm not just going to speak up in the meeting anymore because people are saying, what's wrong with this one? Why is she the one that the boss is always saying, well done, well done to? Do you see what I mean? So it's important for us to understand that the entrance of opposition into your life does not necessarily mean that you're doing something wrong, nor does it mean that God is against you and does not want you to continue on that path. Think about when God sent Moses to Pharaoh to let the Israelites go. The moment Moses showed up and said, this is what the Lord says, let my people go. What did Pharaoh do? Pharaoh increased the burden. He increased it. He multiplied the burden upon the lives of those people. Now, when they first, the children of Israel first received the news, they were overwhelmed with joy. Like, oh, we're making such progress. Praise God. This thing is working. We're improving, etc. But when Pharaoh came in, and literally this is symbolic of how Satan operates, and he made the situation worse, they turned around and they began to say, oh, why is this happening? It must mean that truly God didn't send you Moses. Oh, why did you come here? No, that, this is how Satan operates. So there's the part of growing pains. It's not Satan and it's not God. It's just you needing to learn the wisdom you need to operate on that level. But there's also the part where Satan would deliberately attack you because he doesn't want your light to shine so in this case it is not a wisdom problem what you need to generate to dispel and to push back satan and the people he's using is power this is where you go into the place of prayer and you begin to pray. You begin to intercede for those people that this, the hold of Satan upon their minds will be broken. You don't go fighting people. You don't go opposing people and creating more strife. It's not a matter of, okay, maybe I can present it a little better. This is not a wisdom problem. This is a power problem. 
you recline into your place of prayer and you begin to pray. You begin to declare in the name of Jesus every satanic force that has been released against whatever it is, my marriage, my children, my career, and you dispel it in the place of prayer. This is how you deal with this one. The first one in episode one, when it's growing pains, you go and you ask God for the wisdom you need for that new level. Two very different things. But a lot of times we mix up these things. Somebody is coming against you and you can see that this is purely a satanic move. Like, what have you done to this person? You've not done anything. In fact, you try to be nice to them. You say, okay, maybe I can try to be nicer. Okay, maybe I can bring them coffee. You're wasting your time and Satan is gaining more ground. Go into the place of prayer, go on a fast and dispel, destroy that thing in the place of prayer. This is how you handle it. Okay, so let's move on. So he says in verse 12, as a result of the lie, remember he says that they persuaded some men to lie about Stephen, that he was blaspheming Moses and even God. Verse 12 says, this roused the people, the elders, the teachers of the religious law. So they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. The lying witnesses said, this man is always speaking against the holy temple, against the law of Moses. We heard him say, that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy the temple and change the customs Moses handed down to us. Here's the next thing I want you to see. Isn't it interesting that the same thing they used to trap Jesus, the same thing they used to actually eventually crucify Jesus is exactly the same trick that they're trying to use to trap Stephen. The same lie. The same lie. (laughs) They didn't even try to invent something. Satan does not have new tricks the same lie oh, that i will tear down this temple and in three days i will pull it back again etc etc the same lie and what what do i see here remember jesus said that a servant cannot be above his master if they lied against me they're going to lie against you if they try to kill me they're going to try and kill you if they kill me they are going to kill you too. see do you see he said if i experience opposition you're going to experience opposition because the servant cannot be greater than the master so what i see here is honestly do not when you are facing this kind of satanic opposition or satanic attack the last thing you want to do is to begin to feel like god where are you god why is this happening god why did you let this happen god blah 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 and all those things all those questions all those why questions that lead us nowhere except further into depression you are asking the wrong questions you should not be surprised if Just because you're a Christian and you say that you're a Christian, somebody comes and says, oh, does that mean that you're against gays? Or does that mean that, I mean, people will misunderstand. They already have their preconceived ideas. They will look for ways to try and trap you either because you're standing up for your Christian values and saying, I'm a Christian, or at work, you're just basically doing what God is asking you to do. You have a project and you believe that this is the direction it should go in and you are seeing results already. People are jealous of your results and they begin to do things to try and sabotage you and try and throw you under the bus. You shouldn't be like, I don't understand, but God, I serve you. God, I serve you. God, I... Oh, please stop. Stop. Jesus said if it happened to him, it will happen to you because you are not greater than Jesus. Because you are not greater than Jesus. You're not. So you must understand that it is part of what you signed up for. 
It is part of what you signed up for as a Christian. You will face persecution. Now, the persecution that we face nowadays, thank God, well, at least in our part of the world, is not that somebody's going to drag and say, deny Christ. I say, no, I'm not denying Christ. And then they go and bury the person alive or shoot the person dead or something. Not necessarily, but it's the everyday things that you're doing where you know the right thing to do. You follow through to do the right thing and you still get into trouble. They say, but God, I, I decided not to cheat, not to change the numbers, but I got fired anyway. And people are like, I'm not serving God again. After all, I did the right thing. I didn't manipulate the numbers and I still got fired. Maybe I should just have manipulated the numbers. What are you saying? I mean, think about it. This is the life we have been called to as Christians. It is a life that will face opposition, persecution for doing the right thing, for standing your ground, for standing your ground and being a disciple and an example of what it means to be Christ-like, to be Christ-like. So it's not every time you say, I do the right thing and I expect this person to respond to me. God said I should go and help this person and give them money. And when I give them the money, they didn't even say thank you. They will not always say thank you. They will not always appreciate your efforts. If it's the right thing to do, you do it because it's the right thing to do, not because you're expecting the reward from the person. Do you see what I mean? So it's important for us because it's very easy for us to get pulled into this, but I'm doing the right thing. So the reward or the results should always be right. Not necessarily because there's a Satan that wants to pull you down. Do you see what I mean? I remember growing up as a young Christian, we used to look forward to persecution. Like you say, want to go to church and your parents would say, no, you're not going to church. If I see you go to church, I say, no, I'm suffering for, for Christ. Are you? <laughs> How silly we were. All right. I'm suffering for Christ. Are you go anyway? And you're like, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm suffering for Christ. I want to come back and collect the punishment, whatever the punishment is. I mean, I had friends whose parents had cut them off. Because they became born again. Like, what's all this crazy, crazy born again thing that you people are doing at university? And they had to literally fend for themselves because school fees, allowance, everything cut off. These are sufferings of Christ. But now as you get older, we become a bit more like, ah, suffer. Okay. No, I don't want to suffer. <laughs> but no, you will. You will. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to suffer for Christ. It is a privilege. When we see that way, there's a mental shift. So you don't begin to blame God and begin to complain and say, God, why is this happening to me? I did the right thing and they are attacking me. Of course, they will attack you. They will. And there's a reward that God will give you for standing your ground and being a disciple of Christ. Right. And then finally, to bring this home, it says in verse 15, at this point, so they had literally gathered, the whole crowd had gathered, and you know how the Jews were. They would have been shouting and shaking their fists at him. The crowd was getting more and more agitated and almost at the brink of violence. But in the midst of all this, look at this. It says in verse 15, at this point, everyone in the high council stared at Stephen because his face became as bright as an angels. Ooh. Do you know what that means? That is a reflection of the presence of God. Remember when God showed up and showed his presence to Moses. And when he came out of that experience, the Bible says that his face was glowing. 
it was glowing and the children of Israel said, no, put a veil, put a veil. We don't want to look at the glory of God. So it's not just like, oh, okay, he's happy and then his face is shining. It means literally that God came, the manifest presence of God came to sit with him even in the midst of that challenge. The same way the Bible says there was a fourth man in the fire when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thrown in for refusing to bow to another God. When you go through challenges like this, the comfort is that God is with you. He has never left you. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. See it through. It may mean, quote, unquote, losing your life. And by your life, I don't mean as in somebody gets killed. I could, it could mean like somebody loses a job. You refuse to lie and you get sacked. Something like that. Or you refuse to alter the thing and lie that, okay, your child has been going to that particular church so that you can get into the church school. And because you refuse to lie, the child did now not get into the school. These are sufferings of Christ. But you must understand that God is with you. God is pleased with you. God is grinning from ear to ear and saying, that's my child. That's my child. That's a reflection of Christ. He's proud of you. Do not allow the fear of consequence cause you to move away from what you know in your heart. God is asking you to do what you know to be the right thing to do. God is always present in that situation the same way he was present here with Stephen. And when you refuse to bend to what people are asking you to do when you know it's wrong and then they see that ah, ah, the Bible says that they stopped, everyone stopped and they were staring what's going on here? It will grab their attention. The same way the king said, didn't we throw three men into the fire? But look, there's a fourth man walking with them in the fire. It's a testimony on its own. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but that testimony actually led to the salvation of someone very important. And okay, all right, we'll look at that in the next one. Stay with the stay the cause, face persecution. I know that this is not a popular topic in today's world where everybody wants a soft life, the baby girl life, but persecution is part of Christianity is part of what God has called us to as his children. You must be willing to face persecution and hardship for the sake of Christ. Not because you've done something wrong, not because you're going through growth pains, but simply because Satan is offended and is upset and he wants to take you out. All right. I hope you enjoy that. And we'll be back next week for the concluding episode of the Stephen series. See you then.